Grievous? There we go, Grievous. That's he's the, the one. He's the lawnmower. Yeah. Speaking of lawnmowers, hey everybody, this is the Machination Log for January sixth, twenty sixteen, uh, which is an auspicious date. It's coming up on six p.m. Mitchell, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? Um, I am in a weird spot where I'm waiting for feedback on an essay that I've been writing for a long time. But yeah. other than that, I suppose I'm doing okay. Cool. How are you doing? I'm all right. Closing on a house next week. Doing Congratulations. Stuff. Yeah. Joey. Hello. Back in town. Briefly. Uh, this has to be the first time you're on the podcast since you commented on not even knowing it was in this room. Yes. No, I, last time I was here was last Christmas, about this time. That's fair. So it was in that room at that point because Ryan was still living here. We're still using your star rating system. It works well, pretty I good. Well, I mean, I stick by it. Simple. <laughs> Easy to remember. We're here to discuss Civ Six, or I guess at least two of us are. Oh, civilization, I, I think. All right, fine. Time. Civilization. Um, Sid Meier's Civilization, as it is sometimes known, it's been around basically forever, and I used to like it, and I don't anymore. And I don't think that's because the game got bad, but just because it takes too damn long to play. Um, you can really pick it up quickly and let it go in a couple minutes. Twenty minute games. Oh yeah. yeah. If you set the years from like 20 years apart in the ancient age, it's, boom, yeah. done. It's Easy. literally Didn't like... Didn't even get one thing done. It, it was the series that basically invented the one more turn syndrome. Yes. As well as the guy who invented that syndrome. Um, why is this game any fun? Let's when just start to, at the top. You get to manage an empire from the dawn of history until the information future age. And I don't know a lot about time or anything, but <laughs> I know I'm not going to do that in real life. So this is the closest I'm going to get. Yeah. So, like, we played Rise of Nations yesterday. We did. Games, and that's kind of like Civ condensed into 20 minutes or 40 minutes instead of, like... 12 hours? Yeah, 12 hours. You can play more. Yeah, there's I can stomach lot, that. There's a lot more stuff you can do <laughs> in Civilization and in all the Civ games. Like what? Well, like, everything that we'll probably go over What? Well, you got, soon. like, right now to discuss it, so all lay right. it out. What is appealing about this as opposed to... The nuclear silo fest of <laughs> Rise of Nations. You can still do it's that. more deliberate. Like I think the, the civilization pace, even though it's slow, and you can adjust the pace and stuff. Um, but you can kind of go into it a bunch of different ways. You can go for a bunch of different victory conditions and kind of just approach the game how you want and take your time with it. Which is more relaxing, I think, because there's not really a rush since it's a turn based game. You can take your time and go through it. You can play a game over a couple of days. Just sit on it. That's usually how it happens. Yeah, because it's difficult to sit down for. It's hard to play a game in one. Fifteen second. hours. Yeah, if you do on. I've done marathon. it. I didn't play play a different game, but it was eighteen hours is the longest I've managed to do it, and I hated myself afterwards. Yeah, so. that's pretty good. Well, you play. So Civilization is like the only four X game I play. No, four X. I don't know for the viewers. Exploy, exterminate, uh, ex exfoliate, exfoliate, yep. uh, <laughs> extraterrestrials, XCOM in theaters. <laughs> Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Same That's thing. what I have written here. All right. Originated with, uh, what was it? Not Alpha Centauri. It was uh, Master of Orion was what the term originated on way back in the early 90s. I don't remember who made that game. I can't remember either, but 
Whoever made it. That's it was probably Sid Meier. That's Master originated. But Civilization is kind of the big 4X game. You've played stuff like Hearts of Iron. and I still play Hearts of Hearts Iron. Hearts of Iron. Okay. <laughs> you play other ones. but It's not a lot of exploring going on. Kind of know what the world looks like. I know what the like. world looks like in Hearts yeah. of Iron. My goal yeah. is just to win. Yeah. But yeah. It's a 4X game. It's the big one. It's cool. It's the one that people are able to approach. Yeah. Like you can't. No one's like, yeah, I picked up this great game last weekend. I had a great time playing with my friends. It's Hearts of Iron 4. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. They have said it about Civ, though, because Civ is easy to pick up. It oh. is. Civ is very approachable, but there's still a lot of depth to it, especially yeah. uh, in the latter games. So. I almost picked up Hearts Fire in the other week. Which one? Because it there's disguises itself as, as a game you not play. as much of a spreadsheet simulator <laughs> oh, as the it previous is. ones. It's definitely still But I dug simulator. into the screenshots and found otherwise. Hey, you want to spend... 80% of every turn in the production and diplomacy menus, this is the game for you. And I'll grant you that is certainly an ace Civ has up its sleeve is in managing to streamline a lot of those things God, so that yes. they do not... Yes. Um, you don't have to worry about that. That's a pretty good job of doing that. Like, for as much stuff as does happen in Civ, it it does... It, it's basically just like a master class in UI design. Um, Prompts, man. Yeah. The city doesn't have anything in production right now. And, uh, and layers doing yeah. the different, uh, like showing resources on the map or culture or. Hearts of Iron anything. tells you nothing. Yeah. It just says, you figure it out, man. If you fuck it up, it's your own problem. <laughs> Civ at least tries to help you. Yeah. Civ prompts you when things are not done properly. Well, and there are other games that are in this in this vein. There's Europa Universalis, which fits Victoria largely two? into the same mold. Victoria. Victoria Crusader King. Um, Crusader, Victoria, Crusader but just Kings. Earlier. Um, what was the game I was thinking of? A Galactic Civilizations, oh, yeah. which just yeah. tries to be civilization in, in space. space. And now Stellaris is also part of that group. I've only played Galactic Civ 2. I've heard Civ 3 is not terribly different. Um, it's and also not, as, it's not worth playing over 2. 2 is still good. Two is, yeah. two is interesting because the game does not have multiplayer. Um, it is only single player, which is built into... Uh, they, they build design decisions around it not being multiplayer. Like diplomacy in Galxiv is actually substantially more sophisticated in some ways than it is in Civilization because Civ is designed to be played multiplayer. Yeah, but diplomacy in Civ is generally one of the weaker parts of it. Have they done anything with it at 6? So in 6, the difference that they did is that uh, the leaders are all supposed to have distinct personalities, so they (laughs) uh, like or dislike you based on certain things that you do. Um, and each leader is a little bit different in, in the things that they like or dislike. Thanks for keeping peace on the continent. Yeah. How how has that not been the case? Um, no. Well, so like in, in previous civilizations, like before Civ Four, there was not really a difference between the leaders. That you oh, yeah. Choose. No, I, I don't mean. They had different that, that skins. Yeah. And the units and were Civ mildly 4, different. The differences were that each leader had two traits and there were like a list of uh, 10 traits or something that you could choose from. Um, so they just were different combinations of the two traits, which worked pretty well. And then in Civ 5 and 6, they tried to make each leader, like, unique, distinct, instead of just having a pool of traits that they choose from. Civ 5 didn't differentiate them that much. They've tried to do it more in 6, which is why they changed the diplomacy system a little bit around that. 6 is weird, because it just seems like, and I guess actually, maybe this isn't fair, because I guess 4 to some extent was just a refinement of 3, but 6 seems extremely incremental compared to what 5 did. Well, that was one thing that I wanted to go over, is that I think 4 is just like a culmination of the first 3 Civ games. It's just better than Civ 1 through 3. It's it's just does a lot of similar things. It re- there's some stuff that's not in Civ 4 that's in the other games, like corruption. 
but corruption is an awful mechanic. So it's good that they got <laughs> yes, rid of that. Yes, it is. Um, so Civ 4 is like the first three games, but better in every way. And that's a bunch of stuff. So why Civ aren't you 5, playing Civ 4? I mean, I would. Civ it's 4 old, is pretty different. Dumb. Old things well, Civ are bad. 5, 5 and 6 are different. And I think 5 and 6 are pretty distinct from 4 in yes. a lot of the ways. Not 100%. just because of the... Mostly because of the unstacking units and the um, making hex tiles instead of squares changes it a lot. Well, I mean, the combat is scrutable in 5 and 6 in a yeah. way that it almost isn't in the previous games. Well, and that is one thing with the AI as well, if you play single players, that the AI was Useless. generally better at combat when it was just unit stacks, because it's easier to program that when they just make a giant army of units that they send at you. Yep. It's harder to program AI when they have to think tactically. Should I shoot the archer that does almost no damage to my walls, or the catapult that's going to kill it in two turns? Probably the warrior that's not doing anything off from yeah. the side. The warrior's closer. Thanks, so AI. Yeah. No, there, you make it really some, easy to conquer all of it. There are some quirks with the AI, and they've, they've released some patches to try to fix it in six. And you can um, kind of compensate for that by playing on harder difficulty. They don't get any better at it. It just becomes much harder for you. Yeah, they that's, cheat. I mean, that, that is a weird thing about the AI, and I don't know if they've specifically addressed it, but it always... <laughs> the AI in the Civilization games going way back, for the most part, seem to essentially be of one difficulty of of one level of aggressiveness and acumen and then they just scale how much you get to yeah. fight it with and the civs it, it's true i don't think that the civs get smarter on higher difficulties and they don't change their aggressiveness each civ has different traits like gandhi up until civ 3 was super aggressive because of a weird programming bug that left in but now gandhi is like Gandhi. Passive, yes. Yeah. Um, concept. So Gandhi won't really attack you, whereas if you're playing against Montezuma, use your neighbor, he'll actually attack you. Gilgamesh. Sort of. Gilgamesh will attack you. In the Nothing but war cards. So yeah, it's kind of based on the civilizations that you're playing against more now. Well, I mean, I'm in aggressive in, in terms of the efficiency of what they yeah. do. No, that doesn't really change. It's just the bonuses or the disadvantages. Yeah, each civil is like a get. thing they want to see that you do or not do, depending. And if you do either of those things, or sometimes none of them, they still hate you. That's my biggest beef with Civ Six. Um, yeah, it was diplomacy. It's basically useless. They'll be like offering you trade deals throughout the game, where it's like, I will give you this one thing that is useless, and you'll give me all of your luxury resources. Yeah. No, no, uh, that's the Civ. I not remember. Not going to do that. It's <laughs> they, garbage. They fixed it a little bit in the winter patch, so it's not as bad. When was that? Terms. It was like over the winter, mid December. No, so I've not so played a couple that weeks yet, ago. Yeah. Um. So it's not as broken in the deals that they offer you, but it's a little. <laughs> When I was doing domination victories later in the game, they just wouldn't offer me anything, and they just demand all of my stuff. Yeah. And, like, it served no meaningful purpose, and you can't really negotiate. Like, if you add things, they just get... Nothing changes. Like, make this deal more acceptable. Yeah. They add more stuff to their side. I mean, again, did they fix this in 5 and I didn't notice? Because I remember... 5 got significantly better with the expansions in terms of the AI and diplomacy. Because diplomacy has always had that, like, hey, give us... Yeah. Eight cities, and we won't attack you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah it's... that seems worth it. No, it's yeah. it's definitely it's still there back. in yeah. six, and arguably it's more frustrating than it was previously because the rest of the game is pretty solid in Civ six, and diplomacy is just like this glaring pile of garbage. What makes a solid Civ game? So if, do you want to get into like differences between six and five since they're the most similar ones? Sure. All right, so the big difference in six, I think, is... is uh, the way that it uses the tiles. Mm. Um, yeah. So in, in Civ Five and earlier games, you have your city. Your city is on one tile. It works the tiles around it, 
But all the buildings that you build and the wonders are built in, in the that city. that one tile. In that one tile. Um, in Civ Five, I don't know if, if it was true in the previous game, Civ Five had some um, requirements for certain buildings. Like if your city was within certain distance of a mountain, you could yeah. build an observatory. Yeah, it had conditions. Um, uh, there were a few wonder conditions too, like yeah. Machu Picchu always yeah. had to be near two tiles of a mountain yeah. usually. So uh, Civ Six, what it does is um, there are buildings that you build in your city center. Uh, but otherwise, the main thing is that you build districts around your city. Um, so, for example, if you wanted to build an encampment, which is like the, the military district, which gives you some military bonuses, um, it also functions as like an outpost that you can put it on the edges of your city. Um, it's excellent. Building. Pretty good. Um, the requirements for that, like you can't... Actually, I don't think that one gets any specific bonuses. Other than the normal ones for yeah. number of districts based on so, population. So if you go into like the, the commerce district, which uh, each commerce district lets you build more caravans so you can get trade and all that stuff, and you get banks and other buildings that Guilds you can build there. And yeah. Stock markets. Um, the commerce district gets bonuses if you build it next to other districts or if you build it next to the ocean or a river. Or some resource tiles that uh, generate gold. So they've added an additional spatial game to yeah. Yeah, absolutely. the design. Um, yeah. And there's bigger depths to it, too, than I realized when I first started playing it. Like, you, if you manage to get a city in a location where you can build districts around the main city and not have anyone separated, you can just drop one spy right in the middle of your main city, and he protects yeah. all of the districts simultaneously. Yeah, the so. espionage system is pretty cool. Because yeah. a spy, if you send it to an enemy city, uh, you can send it to different districts depending on what you want to do. So if that city has a campus district, uh, you could use the spy to steal technology. Or if blow that, up the <gasps> university. Yeah. If that city has an inter, uh, a theater district, you could use the spy to like steal great works. If they agree Propaganda. Works like you steal so Bach. Yeah, you can spend... That's the work volume. You, you can send your, your spies place. on like thieving <laughs> missions, which is cool. The espionage system is pretty nice. Jesus actually. sandals. Those are mine yeah. now. And if you have a spy that's playing defensive, so if you have a spy in one of your cities protecting it, it protects both the district it's in and the adjacent districts. That actually is um, one of the only times I've had diplomacy work in Civ Six was when you capture an enemy spy. Yeah, they really want it back aggressively badly. It takes a yeah, while. Not, to, takes a while to build a new spy. They do take a while, <laughs> but um, and you can really leverage it for a lot of their stuff, and they'll actually yeah. agree to it, which is unusual because even usually if you give them stuff, they just say no, I refuse, and then they walk yeah. away. But with yeah. spies, they're like, oh, God, give them back. Yeah, there's some cool mini games for spies, too. Like, if your spy is successful on a mission, uh, there's a chance that it'll get away without getting caught. When they're, And if it doesn't get caught, then there's no political repercussions. And you just get the your The stuff back. just disappeared. We have no yeah. idea who took it, guys. Um, but if your spy does get caught, sometimes they'll get killed outright. Sometimes they'll escape. And then you can choose how they escape. Like, if the city has a port, they can make a port getaway or if they have an airport you can try to have them make an airplane getaway like storing aboard an airplane or if they don't have any of that and then you just try to have to lug it on foot which i always thought was strange because yeah. oftentimes it'll be like on the other side of the planet but with like three oceans between me and him and he walks home yeah in takes four turns takes a while yeah, yeah. It's really I mean, industrious. I mean, each turn is like 20 years. Yeah, so. it varies wildly. In ancient yeah. age, it's like 100 years yeah. is a turn. But yeah. Uh, so this, the espionage system is pretty cool. People I like were the way worse they did at stuff it. back then. Um, oh, and the other thing for the districts, in addition to building districts, which have different bonuses and stuff um, and different adjacency, like I think uh, Canvas District gets bonuses if it's near, if it's adjacent to mountains. Yeah. Or again, jungle. if it's adjacent to other districts. So uh, you can plan your cities a little bit. So, so there's. There's an additional layer. I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to work in here because a, a lot of people like Civ Six, yeah, 
and no one seems terribly bowled over by it. Um, yeah, it's better Civ Five, is how I looked at it. Civ Five Point Five. It's like an expansion of yeah. great proportion to Civ, Civ Five. It's uh, a lot of Civ games take a while to come into their own because you know for as much playtesting as they do, there's a lot of stuff in the Civ game, yep. so it takes a while to, to balance and, and figure it out. Um, Civ Five on release, I didn't like much, so I just played Civ Four instead until they came out <laughs> with the, the Civ Five expansions. Uh, I like Civ Six on release. Yeah. I think it's pretty solid. Civ Six on launch, I was having a good time playing it, and I paid yeah. full price for it, which is yeah, not something too. I do much anymore. Uh, there's um, still some stuff that's missing, like the the tech tree has some. They what they did is they uh, separated the tech tree, so now there's technology and mm. culture. I think they call it technology. civics. I think yeah, civics. Yeah, civics so there's a civics thing. tree and a tech tree. So the civics tree is like social progress, and the technology tree is like neighborhoods. Uh, and it works pretty well Stuff. for the most part. I think there are some weird gaps, though, especially like between the Renaissance or between like the medieval age and the modern age. Yeah. Like past that, it's fine. Before that, it's fine. But there's like there's no trebuchets, which is a little odd. Yeah. You go there's from like catapults to, to cannons. Bombards, yeah. And then or to bombards. Yeah. And then from that to artillery pieces. Yeah. So there's and a there's lot also, of jump. There's also no riflemen. You go from muskets, yeah. musketmen to infantry. Yeah, and also cannons. Turn into machine gunners eventually, but um, it takes a long time. Yeah, I'm not like sure. you upgrade to cannons from um, crossbowmen. Yeah, when at the beginning of the Renaissance era, um, or whenever you end up researching it, and then you don't end up. They stay that way until like you you've made it thoroughly into the modern era. Yeah, like you just have cannons hanging out with like your modern artillery pieces and infantry. Like yeah. It's it's a little weird in the way that they're, they're there needs just, to be a couple units some gaps to flush in the gaps. Sure, they're they going to do something with expansions. They, um, they definitely will fill in those gaps in an expansion, which you know, whatever. It's still a more complete game than Civ Five. Yeah, this game release. made a bunch of like legitimate improvements to things that I hated about Civ Five, like religion. Oh, much better. Now. Religion's way better. The thing that they need to change. So right now, you can build religious units. You can build apostles, or you can build uh, missionaries. To Spain has spread. inquisitors. Uh, Spain has okay, so which are fantastic. So they, they can spread religion around or fight opposing religions um, in your territory. But one annoying thing about it is that religious units have the same <laughs> collision as military yep. units. But you can't so attack you can build them. Like, but you can't attack them. So well, you can build like a wall of religion units and block an enemy army. Oh, from coming okay. In. They just need to fix it. We are they, priests. Nope. Nope. And all here. they need to do is change it so that they're on the same collision as builders instead of. Yeah. Or let units. us attack the religious units with military units. Yeah. Because then you're basically just rolling down church doors and blowing everybody up. Yeah. But now it's like religious people are 100% safe from military fire, but other religious people can come out of the blue and lightning them to death with theological the other, warfare. The other thing I don't like about the religion is that there's a limit to the number of religions in the game. Oh, yeah. Which there's is not, less than the total yeah. number of civs. And if you play on a higher difficulty, the computer gets bonuses. Cheats. <laughs> gets a profit so, instantly. And then yeah, you have it's no impossible religion. to find a religion on higher difficulty. Which is, honestly, the religion is the thing that I think is most improved, and because it's so improved, I haven't felt any need to play that game. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't bother me now, because I, if I if it is a, a problem, I can solve it. Most time, I don't give a crap what my cities are believing. Well, you can build, you can win a religious victory now. Yeah. Which you couldn't, yeah. couldn't do in five. No. You could do it in four, although it was weird. Um, but it works a little bit better now. In, it's also in really six. hard. It's like part of the hard, I think it's probably one of the harder victories in Civ Six, because yeah. you have to build just a buttload of apostles and missionaries to have any chance of winning a religious victory. Yeah. Which is why it's easier to get a religious victory by just taking everybody else over 
and then converting them in your leisure time. Uh, it turns out the domination victory yep. is a good pathway to most yeah, other to all of them. methods. Especially so. in Civ Six. Domination be, victory took me a long time. Yeah. Just because I when I was doing it, I kept branching off to the other ones because I was like, oh hey, I can get a science victory. And I can get I a culture it, victory. It was a little weird with science before because you needed a huge production base to win a science victory. Yeah, you did. In the winter patch they changed it so it's a little bit you, you don't have to go into as much oh. production to get science. I was like I had a city at one point, one of my games, I think it was the one I was talking to you about on Steam yeah. briefly, is I could build a district in two turns. And there was, a, like, everything was, like, a turn or two turns. Yeah. And the whole game, I could build in two turns. They nerfed the production cost of all space parts by 40%. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was really hard to, it wasn't that hard to do, but you yeah. had to have a really industrious city to yeah. make it work because it would take, like, 40 turns yeah. to get a booster for the moon. Um, pretty generic parts, really, but. Yeah. I've never liked the way that Civ does science. Science, oh, science as Beakers. a. Like yeah. the the notion of the way that you like go through the technology tree, and I know there are games that have tried to. I, I think Stellaris specifically tried to sort of like make it more random how you go through the technologies. I I can't speak Not meaningfully on it. Yeah. yeah, but you can't. You know, you can't choose like Roller Coaster Tycoon. You can't yeah. choose what comes next. Yeah, <laughs> Roller Coaster Tycoon has a more sophisticated research system than Civ does. By the sheer, per, like, it's just, it's annoying that you can, like, map that stuff out because no, that man, is in totally, no way how tech right. works. No, so I've never seen a not. gun before, but I got a picture of it in my head, guys. I need yeah. you to it's, figure out how to make this. I don't know what it is or what it does or how to do it, well, but you guys are going to figure it out in about 10 turns. To, to that to get, point, get though, on one thing that they didn't add in the, did add in this game, which I like, although I think it's, the bonus is a little too big for it, and I think it, it should be reduced, is they have a Eureka system now. Mm. Um, so if certain things happen to you in the game, or if you do certain things, it makes it easier to discover certain technologies. Yeah, like, well, that, that's so like, the thing. If, that's Yeah, that, if you have a city on the coast, it's easier to discover sailing than if you don't. <laughs> hey, guys. But that's, that's the thing, is that's not, that's still... Exactly that how it works someone, in real life. That, that suggests that you still have like people sitting around banging their head against figuring out how to sail. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen until the 1700s. Like, there's a specific point in time where people actually become scientists yeah and before then like and the military is the worst part of this because th this happens in the um this happens in rise of nations speaking of which is yeah. the the notion of just like researching your way into a military like sparta became a very powerful entity in military technology let alone everything else by having a military, not by having people think about having a military. I mean, that's well, that's the real way to do it, for sure, is practical that, that knowledge. That would be the but, practical way, but in a way, they're constrained by history. Like, they want you to hit certain checkpoints at certain periods of time. Although it is a lot um, of fun when you're you declaring co colonial war on people with your rocket artillery and they're still water around. Well, no, but that's that's exactly the problem, is that because technology has this, speci has this specific, like, track that you follow and you dump resources into technology, it causes things like that to happen. Abrupt Changes. Where, where they do not happen in real life. Like, yeah. that's not some... That is that is completely ahistorical. No, and, man. And it One day we didn't have a nuke. Next day, figured it out. Got a nuke. I mean, a nuke is... Nukes are, nukes are arguably one of the only exceptions to this rule. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's thanks to... And it just... Some very good fortune about how hard it is to actually produce one. But the... um, But it's... Technology has always been in some way radically overvalued in civilization because you can't basically, as we do in real life, just steal it from each other. 
Well, you could. In Civ 2, you could steal tech launching. I mean, you yeah, and in and this game, in you this can game do it with spies. It just takes a lot longer. You have to get yeah. spies, and you don't get those to like the 1800s. But it's not it. It's not Unless that France. It's Unless not that France. hard to adapt and reverse engineer technology. Like that's how technology well, spreads in real life. One way that they try to balance that is is um, technology. You get science along trade routes. Um, if the civilization that you're trading with has more science, more technologies research than you do. Uh, and that's vice versa as well. So if someone has a trade with you, uh, with one of your cities that has a campus district, they get more science from that city, um, depending on how many more technologies you have. And that's the kind of way that they see. Try see to that's the thing. That. That's that's all, these are like, all band. Well, no, they're all bandages on the way to yeah. this better version of what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's it's that Civ never wants you to be in suspense about what anything does. Like the numbers. The numbers are all incredibly well defined in the game. You know exactly yeah. how long everything's going to take to build. You know, like you can map out the whole game if you have perfect information. You can. That's usually what I end up doing. Is I got a plan. I look at the sim tree for like. Well, I stopped doing it because I know what I want every time. But um, when I started, you just look at it for like twenty minutes, and you're like, okay, so this is the most important, and I'm gonna go all the way down this one, and then go back and get this really quick, and then come back and. Back and forth and stuff, and it's it's just weird because there's like there's and, and the game has in some ways actually sort of diverted even farther away from that, other than in its UI design, uh, to be as unnatural as possible. <laughs> like it's it is gamified, and that's I was going to ask now that we have like some of the differences between five and six out. Um, and I think I brought the question up earlier, and I'll just reiterate it. Like, what is what is it about Civilization that makes it simultaneously obscenely popular <laughs> and addictive the way that it is because it doesn't i'm i mean i enjoy civilization it just takes too long like if civ games if civ games were fulfilling on a two to three hour basis i would probably play more of the game not much but a little bit more than i do like what is what is it about this kind of thing because it's it's not that you get to shepherd an empire through the age there are plenty of games. achievement so, probably I do like that. marked achievement like like most yeah. video games in the Some world people like the min maxing access yeah. aspect of it like getting a city with the most production possible within the uh the gameplay parameters or getting the most science like possible. life doesn't have a lot of clearly defined goals like <laughs> if i do this enough times yeah. i'm gonna get a great job no it's so video games make it really easy to live that fantasy it's like you just you know, if I do this enough, this one thing, and make this one thing really good, I'm gonna get a sweet cannon. Like yeah. I always and tend, I always tend to go for a cultural victory. That's the kind of way that I tend to play. Stop yeah. making us wear your blue jeans. Yeah. So in Civ Four, culture victory was just getting three of your cities to be influential. It was just culture, up, and that was it. Uh, in Civ Five, they added tourism, which is like the the. A, a culture was like the defensive version and tourism was like the offensive version. So if you get tourism, uh, you start gaining influence over civilizations based on how much culture they have. And if you become influential over all the sims in the game, then you win. Um, and it was interesting in that as well because the more influence you had over a civilization, the easier it was to assimilate their cities if you conquered them. You also got more benefits from trade routes and gave, they gave you more favorable um, trades and everything. So it was interesting. Zip 6... Um, instead of just being influential over civilizations, each civilization has a pool of tourists based, I think, on culture. I'm not exactly sure how they do it. I don't know how they calculate it, but and the way to win chart. is to have more tourists, more foreign tourists coming to your civilization than any other civilization has domestic tourists. 
It's kind of an interesting way of calculating it. So Net like, tourism gain. Yeah. I thought it was going to be larger than the population of all foreign powers. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> so, like, if, if there's a pool... So, if I'm playing a game and there's, like, four civs, and the most tourists that a foreign civ has is 200. It's just a number. Throw out. Mm. Um, I would need to get 201 foreign tourists into my civilization to win. And you get tourism points from great works of art or great works of literature or from wonders. Jesus' sandals, music, yeah, books, exactly. uh, Religious like works, yeah, artifacts, um, natural parks... Or one that you can build Which, now. That ga- that is gimmicky. I've not natural um, parks? It's buggy. I've not been able to successfully create a national I've park. Created, I've created. I must parks. be something I'm missing. But like yeah. I've had like you know the Dead Sea or Yellowstone or like the Jaggedy Rock thing in China. Like all those. And like I have space around them. Yeah. Naturalist goes there, just sits there and can't do anything. I don't no, know. I've a couple of natural parks. They're kind of cool. They I guess the moral of the story is don't worry about it. It's all going to get blown over anyways. They give you a bulldozers, too. man. You just get the technology that gives you toys and gives you like plus four or blue jeans gives you plus four. So even though the way of winning culture victory has been different in the last three versions of Civ, that's still the the way I tend to win. And I like to build my civilization around that and having them be cool and stuff. That's one of my favorite changes. Soft power player is um, how the culture victory last time was dependent a lot on happiness. Most victories are dependent on happiness of your citizens in Civ 5. There's a global happiness level of like. You know, your citizens are 14 happy, like net gain of 0.7 a turn or something. Um, in uh, Civ 6, that's gone, thank God. Yeah, because, global happiness was dumb. Whew, get rid of it. Now it's just amenities in each individual city. Like, my citizens are mad because they have not seen enough people get murdered in the Coliseum this week. We need more entertainment. Uh, and that's all it is, which means in um, conquering victories, much easier now. Um, because before it was super annoying because no matter how many cities you went and conquered and you could then burn them down your citizens would still hate you because you're not paying enough attention to them i guess or you're adding more which is bad it was not super clear on how it worked but um this system much better it's like for civilization and probably for other forest games where you build cities there's a difference between building tall or building wide yeah that's what people call it so building tall is where you build a few cities and just make them really strong and they get really big in population and have all the buildings building wide where you just build a ton of cities. Quality over quantity. Civilization five, it was pretty much impossible to build wide because all the everyone bonuses, would hate you. Well, and all the bonuses were for your first four cities. Yeah. So there was no reason to build more than four cities. And because it was global happiness instead of per city, the more cities you had, the harder it was to make your empire happy. Yep. And um, like you can't. I mean, you probably could do a two city victory with Gandhi. Yeah. In Civ six, but it is far more challenging than it was in five. I do think there should be a distance to capital mon- modifier for amenities. Sure. Kind of yeah. like there was in Civ 4. But You're otherwise, on the other side of the planet from yeah, my capital. It, it should be Don't harder to keep them happy if they're a big city on the other side of the country. Is uh, there continent. a form of rioting in this one? Yes. Yes, and it is. They don't have a great way to indicate what's happening. Like, they just tell you they're unhappy a bunch of times, and eventually, like, a bunch of units just spawn out of nowhere. Yeah. But it happens abruptly. So you, you can know, have your entire army, like, other side of the planet, and all of a sudden... Eight infantry units and two artillery pieces pop out of nowhere. What about in your cities? The other odd thing is that the barbarians and the uh, the rioters are more aggressive in their combat than any other. Yeah, enemy they're like better at combat are. than anyone else. Yeah, so that makes sense. You don't want that to happen because it's bad. <laughs> I think it's what it is because they're my citizens. They're really yeah. used to fighting other people, so they're yeah. better at it. Yeah, which seems solid. That's a perverse kind of national pride. Yeah, yeah. we're really good at slaughtering other people. So, we're proud of it. I've played a lot of Civ, like a lot of uh, different Civ games. I remember Civ 4, um, the ex- last expansion, Beyond the Sword, came out our first week of college. I mean, 
me and David. Um, cause I, and I remember that because I had a class that was at, started at 7. It was like a symposium-type class on Wednesday. Um, and I didn't have anything before that, so I figured I'd, I didn't have a car my first week of college, so I figured I could take the bus from my dorm on campus down to Waterford Town Center, the Best Buy, to buy the game there, and then could just take the bus back, and I'd have time to get to class. So I did that, and the bus going back never showed up. Excellent. So I had to, like, call one of my, at the time, brand-new roommates that I had met, like, four days prior to come pick me up and take me to the class that we had <laughs> that evening. A real college student would have just skipped that class. Yeah. Well, that was the first week, so. Th- that dropped the class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've played a lot of civil, all the different Civ games. Or two, four, five, and six. I haven't, didn't I play, didn't play probably any before four. Yeah. Um, I was too busy playing WoW, probably, was you what's happening there. Four is a lot better than one, two, or three. I played a decent amount of four, and I played a lot of five, and I played a lot of six. I've played two through six and barely remember anything prior to. Oh no, I guess two through five. My bad. Um, and only vaguely remember anything prior to four. I think the the district system adds a lot of depth. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes min max your stuff. It definitely like I've screwed up a bunch of times my game just by putting shit in the wrong place. And I've learned that if you have enough people in universities pouring things from one beaker into a different beaker. Stuff happens a lot faster. Railroads. Yeah. There's also, I don't think we touched on it, but wonders now you don't build just in your oh, city. Oh, yeah. Wonders There's you rules, build on tiles. Which is solid. As well, around mm. your city. And there are some very specific Like, you can't just build the pyramids anywhere yeah. anymore. You have to, like, build them on the desert. Yeah. Which is a very well, stringent requirement. Petra I almost never build them anymore. Petra has to be on a desert. Uh, uh, river Valley can, has to be yeah, adjacent to, to a river, a river tile, which is next to a factory. River tile yep. that is also next to a factory tile. Did they fix the pyramids? Like no are hills. they are they white now, like they would have been when they first? I mean, they're more white. They're, more they're pretty white. white. Yeah, they're, okay. they're a little they're tan, white. but they're mostly white. Yeah, because they used to be they used to be the nice yellow. Stone, of, yeah. They might have gold caps. I'm not sure. They they used to be the I yellow think they do, of actually, the desert, yeah. and they have like the turquoise ring around the bottom. There's yeah. also one wonder that's really good. I can't remember what it is, but it's. Uh, Needs to be adjacent to both a commerce district and cattle, and in plains. <laughs> There's some weird requirements for them, but yeah. I, I like it a lot better because it means that you can't just play the wonder game unless yeah. you have a lot of cities, um, and just be like, "I'm going to build every single wonder because my city has a lot of production. I'm just going to keep pumping them out." The Ruhr Valley is my favorite because it ups production in your city that you build it in like by thirty percent. It's pretty good, and if you already have a bunch of mines and a factory in your industrial district because there's like stages of buildings you build you start off with a workshop and you build a bigger workshop i forget the name of it and stage then, two yeah and then you build a factory and yeah. then something a power plant after that um but uh you can build things just retardedly fast if you plan your cities right yeah like you just have one city that's just gold central nothing but gold and then industry and then the rest of them don't even really matter i just do whatever because at that point i've got so many other cities that micromanaging takes way too much time just like does the Great Library of Alexandria still give you two free researches? Uh, Oxford does Ox- like this time. Yeah, Oxford, Oxford gives you one. Oxford gives you one and it's then gives you something broken. else. Yeah, Great Library of Russian Civ 5 was uh, pretty good. It was a real thing. Yeah. It was kind of a decider. Yeah. You get that, you rush to philosophy, get your second free technology, and then you're good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was kind of stupid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's interesting. So, oh, the other thing with, with not really districts, but sort of just cities in general. So Civ Five had global happiness. 
didn't really have any limits. Like the the actual individual city game was not very interesting. In no, I wish my was my problem with it. You just Civ build huge tall skyscrapers and you never yeah. stop building them. Yep, you don't go sideways. It. There's no limits really. Civ four had both in uh, individual city happiness as well as health, and health was annoying because you're kind of restricted in how big your city could get. Because if it was too big, it got unhealthy. And Everybody got sick. And then late game, you get a bunch of health stuff like hospitals and aqueducts. And maybe if you stopped like building huts on top of other people's huts, no. you guys would be better off. Or so, maybe if the cities spread out yeah, into yeah. a sort of suburban area. Yep. Yeah. Exactly like the real city. cities. And that's <laughs> perfect because in Civ 6, the limit instead of health is housing. Yeah. So there are uh, residential districts that you can build. Mm. And neighborhoods. yeah, and the neighborhoods, the amount of housing that it provides is based on the appeal of the tile that it's in. Yep. Appeal is also a new thing that's in Civ 6. So different tiles based on what's around them. Like um, a beautiful have, cliff lined coastal yeah, tile. Have anything way from, better than the desert. Have anything from one to six appeal. If you build a residential district on something with one appeal, it only gives you one housing. If you build it on something with six appeal, it gives you six housing. Which there is a trade off for that though, because usually the ones that are plus six have something else on them already. They're, They're not usually empty. So you have to like get rid of you know a stone or a something to build a neighborhood. And a lot of leaders, uh, we talked about how they tried to make the leaders more unique before, um, have unique, not just unique buildings, but some have unique districts. So like the Congo is cool because they have a unique residential district that they, they get earlier mm. um, so they can expand faster than other people. And they can build it on jungle or forest tiles without breaking it up. And it's always worth five housing. No Germany, Industrial is. King, they've got the, I think they've they call it Hansa unique, or something like Hansa, that. Um, yeah, the replacement district. for the Industrial District, which is pretty dank. It's, I, forget, I think it's just percentage better than the other one. But um, Greeks have a unique theater district. Mm -hmm. Which I've never uh, built because theater is garbage. Yeah. If I want great works, I will conquer someone else's city that already has them. <laughs> it's like I made them. No, they're mine. Yeah. Are the Spanish terrible in this game? No. The Spanish no, are fun. I enjoyed playing the Spanish. They're great at the religious game. Good. Because normally, um, them yet, so. uh, what happens with religious game is you end up sending out apostles, which are like the offensive type units. They attack other apostles, and they can remove um, religious citizens in another city that's not following your religion. It's like Catholic apostles come up and start lightninging the Buddhists out of a city, and then um, it's pretty cool. You can then there's now a bunch of empty slots for citizens, so your missionary can come up and be like, "Hey, join my religion. It's great." But um, so if someone comes to your place and converts all your citizens, it's Resource consuming to remove all of them to make your religion top again. Yeah. So what Spain can do is just have uh, something called an Inquisitor, which only operates in your friendly territory, but you can walk it up to any of your cities and then immediately remove all religion from the city. They just go and they take everyone who's religious and just kill them. And you go back with a new book and a new guy and be like, hey guys, just do this. You won't die this time. I don't think that's how that works. It's it exactly is in Civ Six, <laughs> and they're the called one, Inquisitors because of you. Know, the one thing I I, yeah. I do like the way religion works. The one of the things I don't like is how much more important it is to build missionaries and apostles. Like in Civ Five, it seemed like religious pressure just passively from cities was a bigger deal. Yeah, and from trade routes, not so, as much in Civ Six. No, it's you have less. to really aggressively. Yeah, in go Civ for Five, it. you could spread religion just by establishing trade routes, and it would spread. I mean, if the other person is not trying aggressively to stop that, it will eventually work in Civ 6. Yeah. Most of the time, the computer's it's, like... It's harder to do it passively in Civ 6. They will send in, like, convoys of, like, 30 apostles, and they'll just run across your territory and convert everything. Like a bus go. full of apostles. Yeah, it's like... Throwing basically, lightning basically. bolts It'd be like outside. if uh, the Mormons... Um, what are the guys with the ties that run around on bikes? Mormons. <laughs> yeah. They have, like, a name, don't they? Equestrians. Don't know, but anyways, <laughs> it'd be like if a whole bus of those rolled up to your neighborhood and just started, like... 
force feeding you Mormonism through your front door. Yeah, and you couldn't say no. And you couldn't say no. <laughs> they, once they show up, you're now a Mormon. There's no option. You have to wait till someone else comes along with a different book to change yeah. you back. Yeah. Oh, the or Catholic Inquis- guy came back. Thank God. Or an Inquisitor guy came <laughs> yeah, by and just killed kills everyone. Yeah. Does or removes your brain. Down if yeah. you do the no, it doesn't. That so would be interesting. I, I think what's happening is you're either brainwashing them or just murdering them and letting their kids take over. I'm not sure. It's yeah. it's unspecific as to how it works, but I've always liked pictures. All right. Um, you don't follow my religion? Dead. I guess the, the last big change is the way government works in Civ 6. Yeah. So in Civ... You only live 50 years and then die, and yeah. then you're retired. <laughs> then you and then another, then your game goes on the internet and someone else can take over. Yeah, Civ yeah. 2, you just had, like, governments you pick, and it was easy, because um, they let you change stuff. But Civ 4 added civics, so there are five categories, which I wrote down because I can't remember, because it's been a while since I played Civ 4. Um, so there was, if I can read my handwriting here. Is that your house? Yeah, no, that's what's not. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so the, there was uh, government, legal, labor, economy, and religion in Civ 4. And you choose one of five different policies from, or five different civics from those categories, and that kind of customizes your government. Uh, Civ five did it a little bit differently, where it has tr- policies. Um, there are like nine different policy trees, and you go down the tree, and you get bonuses for each thing you do. Kind of locks you in a little bit more. Because, I didn't like the system at all. No, I, I don't. It locks you in a little bit too much because once you start a tree, you kind of. You need to finish it to get the last bonus. Yeah. Um, there was, it's not as flexible. There was a whole lot of goal posting on that thing that yeah. I didn't like at all. And then the last stage, you get ideologies you to choose between communism, fascism, or, or democracy, and there's some stuff with that. But, yeah, it pretty much locked you into stuff in, in Civ yep. 5. Civ 6 is kind of a combination. Yeah, I like two. what they did in Civ 6 a lot. So there are, at different stages of the game, you unlock different governments you can choose. So the first three governments, I think you get from the same technology, or the same uh, civic. And they are yeah. um, classical republic, autocracy, or oligarchy. And each of those governments has specific bonuses. And it also has different slots that you can fill yeah. with different civics. So you have all these civics that give you different bonuses for military or economy or diplomacy or great people generation. Yeah, or um, wild card. Yeah, or Put wild anything card. In there. So you can customize your government. Um, so one classical republic government might be completely different from another one because you just get different bonuses. Spoiler alert, Merchant Republic is the best. Merchant Republic's pretty good. Yeah. Venice apparently got it right. Capitalist propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> Monarchy's pretty good too. Monarchy is pretty good. But I always go Merchant British Republic propaganda. because gold <laughs> is so useful in this game. Gold is very useful. Um, it's yeah. now achievable to just buy units at a reasonable pace. Like it's not as hard as it was in Civ Five. Well, yeah. Civ Five, you can use gold to just buy city states though. That was true. Like, was I had sweet. a game as Venice in Civ Five, where I didn't build a single military unit the entire game, but I had every city-state in the game so as my ally, theirs. and they just kept giving me military units. So I had the strongest army in the game without building anything. That is an excellent point. Um, city-states? Yeah. They're um, better in Civ Six. They're better. I've yeah. been encountering some weird stuff with city-states, though. I'm not sure if it's an actual bug or if it's just <laughs> a for them that didn't take into account. Toronto's OP. Yeah, Toronto, a few <laughs> city-states, randomly, Carthage, Toronto, you know, random cities. Like, I could see Carthage yeah. doing this, but Toronto, I don't really get it. But um, <laughs> they build, they never stop building military units. It's a never-ending flood until, yeah. quite literally, every tile inside their city-state will have a military unit on it. No, I don't get that many. Including units. the next, like, six tiles out in a circle <laughs> from the city-state. So they have, like, this enormous army that they've built over the course of 2,000 years. But unfortunately, by this point, it's like 1,800, 1,900, and they never upgrade any of them. So they're all like swordsmen and catapults. Um, 
So you can pay like a grand, or actually it varies wildly, but you pay the city state enough money if you're um, their suzerain, like their friendly neighborhood leader, whatever, um, and you get all their units to use for X amount of turns. Yeah. And so you can, like I've had this where they just continuously build, they never stop. So <laughs> I've had city states that have like 50 units um, and they're all useless because they're all catapults ever, and swordsmen. I don't know that I've ever seen that. So that I was wondering if it's a bug because it's happened yeah. to me a couple times now. I don't know how <laughs> if it's because of the way I'm playing. Like, because yeah. I purposely ignore them and I just use them for trade routes. I don't yeah. attack any city state because they're just gold factories. No, city states are nice in this game. Is there a technology called Keynesian economics that allows you to establish fiat currency and deficit spend? Nope. No, that would be interesting, though. <laughs> that would be interesting. But no, gold. No. The gold standard. It's all exactly. Okay. No, See, this down. is. It's about the gold standard. Yeah, this is... That would be interesting. Maybe there'd be an expansion that adds corporations and deficit spending and just makes the modern era ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It would be so, nice because the modern era does, as a usual in Civ game, it bogs yeah, down. I always get a little boring. bored of the modern era. It's but, like, all right, I'm so close to winning. I just want to win this so I can start a different game. Because there's next no... Next turn, next turn, next game. Mm-hmm. You, like, you plateau with units pretty quickly. I like Civ Five because you got XCOM infantry, yeah. which were retarded, but they were awesome. Well, but see, but that's that's one of those things in like figuring out why exactly this game's appealing. Everyone seems to agree <laughs> that the modern era is not as much fun. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily just because the game's been going on for a long time. There is mechanically something about the amount that you are dealing with in the modern yeah, era Yeah, well, it gets different. more complicated as you go in the modern age. And you two, have, you have a ton of cities, a yeah, ton of stuff, a ton of stuff to do, and it's all point, the same at that point. By the time you get to the modern era, you've committed to the victory path that you want to take. Yeah, there's no yep. changing at that point. And also, mm. um, most of the Civ game, of all the Civ games, you know, there's stepping stones. And every time you achieve one, it's like, yeah, I'm a little bit closer to being better. Yeah. Um, but in the modern era, by the time, usually you've unlocked almost all the technologies and most of the civics, depending on what your victory path was or vice versa. Yeah. So you can end up with like 20 turns left in the game, 30 turns left in the game where you have no more things to un- unlock. And the way they yeah. solve that is they just give you like future tech. Yeah. That's what it's called. Or like globalism, the computer, internet. Like, like, yeah, they've the done it for a bunch of them. Um, yeah. And you just research it over and over again and it increases your score for the score victory. I think the other thing is that, so it's a 4X game. Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. And, and most of those are two, done. Half those yeah. X's are done yeah. by the monitor. There's you can no, still exterminate. Yeah, there's no exploring or expansion, though. Those are done. So. What if there was a cyberspace map mm. and you could conquer the internet? That would be interesting. Or just make a game where you could also go into space, but not beyond Earth because that game was garbage. But um, like just like once you build the space victory, it unlocks the second Civ game yeah. where now you're On building Mars. spaceships and going to Mars and stuff. Yeah. That'd be all right. That'd be cool. Seems a little bit hopeful of Sid Meier's. But they tried space and they failed um, with Beyond Earth because that was not space. That was just Civ on a planet that looked different. I mean, cyberspace would be interesting if they did internet Civ. I would be so in favor of that. The problem is they would need. It would be cool. They need to hire. How many phishing emails can you send out? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, they they need to they need to hire back the team that did Civ Call to Power because that game was full of dystopian nightmares. (laughs) That one was one. That one. Aesthetically, that may be my favorite Civ game because that game actually goes into the future yeah. and they just predict that the, the future is going to be horrible. Well, like Civ, it's gonna uh, suck, guys. Civ 4, I think it was Beyond the Sword added corporations which were like second religions. It was yeah. Just like a second yeah, of course. Game. Corporations um, are religion. They, I mean, Money they, they is they my were, god. They were in that game. So yeah. so if they added corporations again, just add cyberspace and do like a whole modern era craziness. I want ecotopian government. Yeah. I wanted to be able to build the Eden Project, which just destroys the five most polluting cities in the world. It's a wonder in Civ Call to Power. That's that game good. has a very 
very thinks very ill of one the of next the, 200 years of one of the civics you could do yeah. is, one of the civics you could choose in civ 4 was an environmental one but it wasn't that destructive <laughs> there is no environment in civ 6 as far as i can tell um i guess you could choose the five cities you like the least and nuke them um that would be kind of the same thing well no this actually destroys yeah, no, it actually, the, like eliminates them from the, game. the ground <laughs> yeah. you can do that still you can't burn capitals which annoys me i want to erase the traces of every other civilization from the map burn them to the That'd ground but yeah. you can't all the capitals have to stay which is annoying it, is there i mean civ 6 obviously it it becomes a 2x game in the modern era for all the things we already talked about. Exterminate. But you, um... But all the Civ games have that. Well, yeah, they all, well, they're all naturally going to. Is it more possible in Civ 6 to end the game before the modern yeah. era? Yeah, I think so. It's harder. Because yeah. it's always it's not been easy, but you can do it. in the ass to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, Conquest Victory is probably the same as it's ever been in terms of how easy it is to do that. Yeah, it's actually easier Culture Victory is easier to win, I think, than in Civ Four for sure, because getting three cities to influential was really hard. Yeah, um, it it's probably a little. It's probably faster to do a culture victory than Civ Five as well. Science was harder. Um, I mean, it, it would make sense if the science victory yeah. went into modern times. Yeah. That one I'm okay with. Religion I haven't messed with because I I upped the difficulty, so I haven't gotten my own religion in like the last three games I've played. So. Yeah, I've been playing like. From the middle of the pack to like a three quarters of the way up, I haven't gone any higher than that because at that point I have the syndrome of like playing really high on Age of Empires and stuff like that, yeah. where you know they don't doesn't they, anybody doesn't get any better. It just makes it so much harder for you. Like, yeah, so I might play a prince game and just try to do religion and see how long that takes. It I takes think, a it takes a good long while. Yeah, you can probably if you expand your religion earlier, you can probably do it before. Well, that's the, the key era. to domination victories too. Is um, right out of the gate, turn one, send that scout out, find another city, build two warriors, go. Before walls go up, before anything happens, warriors are really good at taking out cities, and it happens quick. You can take out cities. I've, I've gone um, and taken out five civs out of 12 um, before um, turn, like, 600. If you just, that sounds really high, but how, how many turns is a civ Mar- game? Is that on Marathon? Yeah, it's on the slow, the the regular speed, not the oh, okay. not the super slow one. That was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to see how fast I can do this. I just went out immediately... Know. I was I picked continent map. Six hundred is pretty far in the game. Um, yeah, well, sounds... it slows down very quickly as you go up. Like in from like two thousand to one thousand, it's like ten turns, and then from there it slows down drastically. Like in nineteen hundred, one year is well, a turn. Well, so no, I know, 600 but, years, but not six hundred turns. turns is still a lot. Of oh turns. no, the game ends at five hundred turns. Yeah, by the you year six hundred. Oh, by and the by, game calendar. That's a lot different. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's, that's what I meant. That's Sorry, like, that didn't come across. That's like okay. no, um, that's like 150 turns or something. Yeah, like something like that. Um, because the game ends at 500, and then you have a score victory. That's what yeah. happens at 500. But, um, yeah, no, if you go early before walls are a thing, um, it is much easier to conquer cities in the ancient yeah. era. There are some interesting new units that they have. Like, there's no trebuchets, so it's a little weird if you go too late. But they have, uh, um, siege towers. Which I've never units, used them. <laughs> I've also never used battering ram. Yeah. I've used them a couple times. Figure battering out lands but... let I think let adjacent infantry do siege damage to cities. No, they don't actually do siege. This is why I've stopped using them. What a battering ram lets you do is um, bypass the walls and just attack the city's health. Oh, okay. So you can just I thought skip. That's what siege tower did. Uh, they both do that, um, but siege tower I think does it much better. The battering ram lets you load Teutonic knights <laughs> to move so, that they, so that they move faster. That's the yeah. best part of Age of Empires yeah. too. No, yeah. What happens is they open the door with the battering ram, they run in and kill a bunch of people, run back out, and they close yeah. the door again, and they go back. Speaking yeah. of great games that 
totally actually suck. It might be a little different. Empire's Christ. Too, but yeah, it hasn't aged well. That game is not. Rise of Nations has aged pretty well. I question. It compares to us not. Like no, I no, just, no. I can't. I, I tried. I tried to even like put myself in the mindset of it, and well, I just. What else existed when Age of Empires Two was like the big fucking strategy. Starcraft? Yeah. Okay. All like right. there were good I games to compare thing, it to, and. I was I just, really young when Age of Empires 2 was like a thing. I played like that nine, a lot when I was, was younger. 97, 98. Yeah, like I was playing it a lot in like when I was like 10 or 12 to up to like 16. Wow, like, was my standards for video games. Like I just feel really like low. something must have been wrong with me that well, I like that game so, so much. In preparation of this, I downloaded Civ 2 because it's like 20 megabytes. And Woo-hoo! tried to play yeah, your game with that. No, it's not good. It is not <laughs> age well. Civ 2 is hard to play. Where's that guy <laughs> who's playing the, the Civ thing, 1 can, game for... 20 years. Uh, the problem is there are games from that era that I, I can tolerate playing. Like, like original Warcraft Starcraft's 2. annoying. And, yeah. st- you know, Warcraft 2's okay. Even Command & Conquer I can play and enjoy. <laughs> it annoyed me that Rise of Nations Steam Edition does not have Legacy Key setup. Or a uh, uh, Grid Key setup. Um, yeah, I'm pissed off that I, I don't know why every strategy game didn't have grid keys. I don't know which strategy game was the first one to have them, but it should have been adopted by everyone. I don't know why. Oh, actually, it might have been Command & Conquer. No, it definitely wasn't Company of Heroes. Company of Heroes 1 doesn't, still doesn't have it. Oh, that's right. That's right. No, I I think it may have been Command & Conquer. In any case, that's that's real-time strategy. That's the kind of strategy I'm into these days. Yeah, no turns. The UI for Civ 6 is pretty good. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Just the general aesthetic of the game is better, too. It took me a while to get used to it. Like the but, instead of just being a foggy area that you haven't explored, it's like a like a cartographer's map from ye olden times. Yeah. I I keep the strategic view is cool. You yeah, playing that. Yeah. I have played a little bit on that, and then I get bored. I use it to find resources when I'm looking for like oil when they pop up on the map or aluminum or coal. Yeah. Like I have, I have like eighty cities. Some one of these cities has got coal. I know that. I just gotta find it. Yeah. It that's one you thing can't it doesn't assign tell you. a delegate. No, I, it's one of the first things I realized that doesn't feed you. Like most of the game, Civ steps you into the things, like because it's an approachable strategy game. So well, that's like, what I liked about Civ too. Is it had advisors that were like real actors? It was just yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty awesome. <laughs> I like to see Civ Six instead of having um, Sean Bean, Sean Bon. I can't ever say his last scene, name. Scene Sean Ball. I thought scene. it was Sean Penn. That's scene, a different person. But um, it's just a video yeah. of him dressed as Barmir narrating the game. Okay. Uh, he narrates the game for real, but I'd like yeah. to see him dressed as Barmir in a video of him. I still miss uh, Leonard Nimoy. I liked his narration the best. Yeah, rip. Yeah. Except four. But all these like problems are basically they're all answered in Hearts of Iron four and three. <laughs> if you really want to play a game that really gets into the nitty gritty of every aspect of economy, diplomat, politics, and you know military. Yeah. Only in World War Two and very specific periods before and after, it's the game for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, my I like Civ Six in general. I think it's pretty good, yeah, especially like for vanilla game. My big problems, if I had to list, list the things that I think should be changed, is that there's not really much incentive to build a coastal city because you can build a harbor nope. district. Yeah, no reason to build a coastal city. You build a city far enough, like two tiles in, so yeah, when you, you get the third tile or a tile out, depending on how soon you want the harbor, yeah. um, you can just build a harbor on the coast, which makes a lot of sense. I think... Uh, I don't that's know how they're... profoundly counterintuitive, historically speaking. Well, think, sure. Yeah, you I'm don't, not sure like... how they would balance it, because the reason they had the harbor district was that so you could have a coast without having a city on the coast i think they might need to make it so that you need to have a coastal city before you can build a harbor district on a non-adjacent city oh man you just sense people over there like oh water i know how this works let's build a boat i I mean the way you would fix that i would think would be to just make the district 
need for to be adjacent. the district. Well, you just make the districting even more organic than it already is so that the city doesn't have a, so that the city's center can migrate depending on the relevance of a particular district. That'd be nice. It's a little weird. I, I think they need to fix it somehow so that there's more incentive to build a city on the coast. Um, can, can you get a, can you get an actual like metropolitan area of multiple cities connecting to each other? Sure. Um, I mean, if you connect your districts, it, it uh, there, there's like houses and stuff that pop up around the districts depending on the city population. So yeah, it looks pretty. Natural. It looks a lot more city than yeah. it did before. Not well, like I mean, city like you, you have two cities that are next to each other and the Depends districts end up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it yeah, could very wildly, like if big. they're the maximum extension of like workable tiles at like four tiles and then four, like eight tiles away from another city, you're not going to have a yeah. conjoined no, metropolitan area. But if you're much closer, it would, it looks pretty yeah, convincing. It look pretty good. Um, so you can make it look more if you chose your district spots based on. That's one problem. I think there are some holes in the text tree, text tree that probably won't get fixed until an expansion. It's a little annoying, but it's not a big deal. Um, gaps in the military units. Yeah, well, that's part of the, the technology. Gaps oh, yeah, as well. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, diplomacy is a little weird, although they keep fixing in patches, so maybe eventually. Maybe better. it's better when I go back. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> or and, maybe I'll we'll just play uh, Truck Simulator again. And religious units blocking other oh. units. If, if they're going to block me, at least let me kill them. Yeah. But those are like the four big things. Other than that, it's a great game, I think. Right yeah, now. it's a solid so. addition to the Civ franchise. I would not call it. If I had to name it, I would not call it Civ 6. I'd call it Civ like 5.5, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, it, it made enough changes to be a going game, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But I like I like the game a lot. It's different artistically. It's got yeah, it's got a. It changed enough, changes. and it, it addressed the things I really hated about Civ Five. Yeah, mainly the religion thing. Ugh. Yeah, garbage. I want to be able to fight back. Damn it. Yeah. Is there garbage? There no? was in Civ Four, but there's not in Civ Six. No, they my... used to have a lot of more things that just appeared on the map, like yeah. pollution and stuff like that. Yeah, pollution. No, my cities are 100% green energy from the yeah. get go. Yeah, well, yeah, have... but we don't have to worry about that because now that we know that climate change is a hoax, they've oh, they implemented use... that in the game in the form. I listen of, to yeah. what the EPA they use, says directly. They use housing so. instead of health is their limiting factor yeah. for cities, which is fine. I think it works pretty well, actually. Civilization Called Power has a uh, climate change trigger that uh, catastrophically changes <laughs> the geography of the map. That's one thing that I would like in a, Civ, in a Civ game is natural disasters and just like That'd be nice. That, uh, you can't control Like for. Banished. You guys played Banished? I played Banished. Oh my god, that game's really hard. Um, okay, I, I wasn't sure what word you were going to say after really... Um, but really I, I tried to play it. Right. <laughs> Terrible. I, I tried um, to play it and just could not. That game's like a micro version of Civ. Like you m manage one town and you make it great. That's theoretically exactly what I want out yeah. of those games. That's why Have I like games Banished? like SimCity. Because you like challenging games and Banished is freaking punishing. It depends on what challenging means. Um, like some arbitrary Banished, rules. Like, like the, the, the rectangles <laughs> and the like selection feet, the, the build... I don't like the UI of that game. You don't like rectangles? In any way. Who doesn't like rectangles? I am or a squares. Fan of, I'm you can a do fan squares of too. both of those, but they need to like work the way that I by, want well, them it, to. If you play on regular difficulty, don't worry about making squares because you're not going to be building farms for a long time. Yeah. People are going to be hunting gatherers for a quite a long time until you make enough coats to trade with a guy who comes on a boat for seeds. Well, it's like because you ain't got none. Settlers was good about that. Settlers the new Settlers game... 
I don't know if they've made one. I haven't played since it. Seven. I haven't played, I haven't played it since four. So. What's the one seven, that, seven? Seven is I think is one is I played. not like the old ones, and that's a great thing. Yeah. It is a much better game. The Spanish or does uh, Settlers do natural disasters? I don't remember. Um. Don't so. Yes, Two? you can trigger them mm-hmm. because there are like little missions. Mission. You should totally. I would have recommended picking it up. I didn't know you hadn't played it. It's, it's Settler Seven. It. It dramatically gamifies a lot of the elements of it. Like they're they're um which is a weird thing to say because Settlers has a lot of contrivances to the way that it's set up to begin with, but the um the resourcing is a lot more streamlined in some ways while still maintaining like the resource tree thing, the the nightmare that always was a settlers <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um but there are like there are objectives on the map, so you're not just trying to conquer the enemy. There are, like, victory stars that you can get for, like, going down research paths and do... Like, there's a lot in that game. Hmm. It's really... It's pretty cool. That is one... I, I kind of would like them to add health back into Civ Six, just so there's even more individual city stuff that you can do. <laughs> no, I like yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, the one thing I love about Banished... I don't know if you count a fire as a natural disaster if it was caused by a human... Um, no, that's but, the opposite uh, of a natural disaster. <laughs> it you, I mean, I think it's a natural disaster because it ends up in the same thing. Everybody's dead. Um, but uh, <laughs> in Banished, if <laughs> you don't have a well, you think even if you're war? next to a river, um, it, even if you're next to a river, if you don't have a well, it's over. Something lights on fire, everything's going to burn down. Give up and start a new game. It's really great. I hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really satisfying when you do well. Ah, um, uh, well... On hey. that note, <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. Uh, <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any closing thoughts on this uh, shindig we got going? Um, I think if you like civilization games, you'll definitely like six. Um, I think if you like it a lot, then it's worth getting now at full price. Yeah. Or if wait. If you're, if you like it, okay. And if you just want to check it out at some point, casual it's probably worth, player. It's probably worth waiting until an expansion. So it will go down in price. Um, that's yeah. for sure. Well, I, I would, if you're not like a super big Civ fan, you might want to wait until expansion. Yeah. Just like Civ 5 got way better with the expansion. Civ 6 will probably get a lot better too. It's already a good game, but Civ 5. Yeah, and, Civ 5 changed drastically yeah. once expansions Civ, came in. So I'm curious to see what happens to 6, because 6 is already at a place where I like it a lot with yeah. some problems. But but Civ 4 and 5 are there if you want to play a Civ game yeah. until 6 gets even better, which yep. it probably will. Yeah. Buy it or don't. It's up to you, man. Yeah. Fans of the genre. Four X folks, and if you don't want to play Civ, just play Pirates. That's a pretty solid. Yeah, game. you play Civ Mars Pirates. Yeah. Mitchell, Joey, David, adios. Thanks for being part of the Machination Live. Good morning, everyone.